This is us. And so thank you, Yaku, for just uh, introducing and just, yeah, just, what an incredible moment for us to become um, one uh, in the 27th of February, 2022, um, that God has planned us uh, from even from our open window days when everything started with Hansi, and then there was a three, four, four years back, there was a, there was a shift where Yaku and you guys were building for evening and we went to Hennels Park and, um, and now we're here where we're amalgamating again. We're coming back home almost and we're coming, the two becomes one again. God is doing a miracle here and he's doing a miracle for that. He's doing a miracle for our city. He's doing a miracle for our nation. And so um, just want to uh, share something with you about, <laughs> about 12 years ago. Um, Hansi came to me and said, um, I'm, I want you to come and plant a church with me. You do the youth, I do the church. And I said, no. And God, uh, God has a really incredible sense of humor because uh, here I am. And um, I should just have listened 12 years ago, Catherine, I don't know. But uh, Hansi came with me and he, and he explained to me on how do you work on partnership. And I said, is there a salary? He said, no. I said, no, thank you. And so I left. Um, but uh, God had to work in my, my heart with, uh, with just lordship and also just him being our provider. Um, but let's close our eyes and let's pray for the word of God to ignite our hearts. Thank you, Father. We can pray over your word. Thank you for everything that we've heard, known, uh, or, or gonna hear about you, Father God. I pray that we will always be open to receive from you anew. I pray that you will open our hearts tonight to receive the word of God that you have for us. So that we will not only, not only move our churches together, but we will be able to move Turian together, Pretoria, South Africa, the world, with one common denominator, one King of kings, Lord of lords, and his name is Jesus, and we thank you for that. Amen. And amen. Yeah, I would like to honor a couple of people right here. Um, I want to honor my wife, Catherine, and my boys being here tonight. I want to honor Yaku and Renee also leading so well in the evening service. Let's give them a round of applause. Yay. Sometimes, huh? Huh? Is it Did I say Renee? Oh, wow. Did I say Renee? I'm tired. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Riet. My mother's name is Henriette. So every time I see Riette, I think of my mother, and I don't know why I thought of Renee right there. She's blonde. She's got nothing to do with you. Okay, I'm moving right along. Oh, wow. That's a great start, eh? But God said there will be some bumps, and I am a lot older, so I do forget. So, um, oh, wow. That is, that is funny. I don't even know where I am right now. Okay, and so, yeah, we're going to speak about a, about a specific topic tonight, and um, I'm going to start off with our first point of reference, and, and that is that we are called, we have a calling, uh, and so the Greek translation for calling is klesi, say with me, klesi, not kalisi, that's a whole different side, okay, I'm not saying, I'm not going there, I'm going and the Greek word for calling is klesi, K-L-I-S-I. And so, so the calling that God has on our lives is very specific. Um, there might be a calling on your life 
where you think that this is my calling, this is the avenue God is calling me into, but there is a collective one that he's calling us to. And so I've, I've went through into the history of, of, of world leaders calling their people for something. Sometimes it's important, all of this is for a war. I don't know why that's relevant today, but I hope you know. Because we're, um, we're not only at war, but there's a spiritual war going on at the moment. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. So I want you to know that there's a spiritual aspect to tonight, and your calling is spiritual before it is physical, amen? And so tonight, I want to run you through a couple. So there's a lot of world leaders that they was called to do things, and they called their own people, like we're going to call you tonight. And Queen Elizabeth I, you can read with me, she said, Let tyrants fear, I have always so behaved myself that under God, I have placed my chiefest strength and safeguard in the loyal hearts and goodwill of my subjects. Obviously, this was long ago, and that's why the English is so high. Okay, I'm just saying, I don't speak like that. I know I have the body of a weak, feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king, and a king of England too. And think foul scorn that Parma or Spain or any prince of Europe uh, um, should dare to invade the borders of the realm, of my realm, to which rather than any dishonor shall grow by me. I myself will take up arms, I myself will be your general judge and rewarder of every one of your virtues in the field. What a great speech for a woman to have. Not that I say I'm not a woman, I mean just like, what a great speech calling a nation, leading them into war. How good is that? Calling them out. And then Winston Churchill, you'll know this well if you had history like I did uh, at school. This is basically what he said. And he was speaking in parliament to all the others who didn't want to follow him. He was not only speaking to his people, he was in parliament calling other leaders to order. He said, we shall go on the, to, to the end, we shall fight in France, we shall fight on the seas and the oceans, we shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air, we shall defend our island, England, whatever the cost may be, we shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the land grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. He was quite a big guy if you go in these streets. He's a chubby, he's a, well, he's a chubby one. Can you say chubby? I don't know. But uh, he was big and I was dominant and there was, there was momentum and he called everyone into war. And so um, J.F. Kennedy um, from, the, from the Americas, uh, he spoke these famous words and he called, he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you, what you can do for your country. And that's basically me and Yaku's speech tonight. That's going to be our call. No, I'm kidding. Um, but ultimately, God is calling us to a next level. He's calling us to a spiritual response. He's calling us to something that calls us out, out of our own comfort zones, but he's calling us into the battle of the spirit, not of the flesh, firstly. And so this calling, who can guess what that calling is? Very, very nationary. What is he called? What, what was that calling worldwide? Oh, it's churchy, isn't it? No. What I'm referring to is the Great Commission. Say great. great. Commission. 
Not small, great, great commission. And what is the great commission all about? And so William Wilberforce, he was, had a, he was fighting against slavery. I don't know if you know, but he was advocating that slavery should be abolished, should be worked out. The selling of people and the buying of people like livestock. He went against the, the world and they thought he was mad. And so he said this, if to be freely, well, sorry, if to be feelingly alive to the sufferings of my fellow creatures, he's speaking about those people being sold into slavery and then sold again, is to be a fanatic, because they called him out as being a fanatic. I am the most incurable fanatic ever permitted to be at large. And he ended his speech calling people towards something they didn't want to follow into. And he said, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know. And sometimes we, we, we get called into things where you can never back down again. You can never have a step back and go, oh, I didn't know. You cannot have an excuse anymore, amen? And the call we get doing tonight, this, what we did this morning, the collective call that God is doing in Centurion and the greater Pretoria, the call that he's doing nationwide and worldwide now is still the same call as 2,000 years back. He's calling you to something bigger than even you, me, or what we're doing here. What we're doing here is really important. And so the call, a calling is very personal. A calling is, is, is a public event. That's why we're doing it here. Um, there's, there's something that God is trading us for something. It's almost like we go... We, we go, I, when I was a boy, I went to the spar, the local checkers. There was actually just a pick and pay. I'm lying. There was no spar. When I was, I was, that's how old I am. I went with my money and I wanted to buy like a Popeye sherbet packet. It, it cost five rand. Hmm? That's a long ago, hey. It's a Popeye and then you suck the and it's bad. Okay, but ultimately, I wanted it. I went to the counter and I said to the guy, here's my money for this. And he said, oh my boy, that's like 25 cents. You don't have enough. And then there was a lady standing behind me going, I'll pay for you. Is that what you want? I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. I thought I had five rand. That was 25 cents. And so in those days, you could buy a bread for 25 cents. My mother was really mad when I got home with her sherbet, the Popeye sherbet. Eh? But ultimately, she came in and she gave me the money and I got what I, what I, what I wanted. I was really joyous. It was amazing. And here's the thing, but the calling of God that he has for us the, has not happened inadvertently, by mistake or by chance. It just didn't fall out of the air. No, it was planned. Sometimes we do not understand the greatness of what God has done for us. He hasn't given us our sherbet, but oh, he paid the price. Amen? We did not know what we received until we received it. We did not know what we received until we received it, until we walked in it and gave it away. Went one step further in engaging people with the, with the, with the truth that you and I have received. Amen? And so that's the calling that I'm talking about. It is not a small thing. It is the Great Commission. It refers to several passages in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus urges his apostles to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name. Okay, we'll get there. So the word discipline, ah, oh, disciple, sorry. The word disciple means mathetesis. 
in Greek literally means pupil or follower of Christ. And so here's the thing about the word of God. When you and I read it and we do not apply. So I have this thing that I do with couples that I marry that I say good advice is like, so Sebastian, um, I'm gonna speak about your boy. Uh, so he plays rugby and just after COVID, um, uh, the regulations were down, uh, left down. They went to play rugby. And he came home one day because the shorts that he was playing rugby in was a bit too tight. And so he came to me like this, and he's like, uh, me and Catherine went, do you have a rash? He's like, I think so. Got a rash there. And so I gave him like, a, like an ointment to go there, eh? And so, and so when, he, when he rubbed on the, I, so I just tell him, you rub it on, and then three days later, no more rash. And so three days later, Sebastian's still walking like this. I'm like going, Sebastian, you still have the rash? He says, yes, Dad. I'm like, did you put on the ointment? He says, no. I'm like, but that is exactly the word of God. That is exactly what happens when we get good news, but we don't apply it. Sorry, my boy. I love you so much, eh? Oh, can I just share something incredible? Uh, we, had, we had a great moment last week with, uh, what's your name again? Yaku. Yaku ministered the, the elements to us in, um, in communion. And Catherine wasn't here, but Sebastian was. And it was just this moment where I felt that this is a great moment for my 11-year-old to have a moment with God as well. And I don't know if you know, but the Spirit of God doesn't have an age, age to it. It's the Spirit of God. It's the same Spirit that lives in us, that lives in Him. And so we had this moment where I just saw in a young boy's life the Holy Spirit move in such a way when he allowed the Holy Spirit to move. And there was just tears and we we, we shared the elements together. We prayed together. And I saw 11-year-old old understanding the Scriptures and the Word of God fully through the Spirit of the Lord. I had a conversation with someone that said to me they lost their grandmother at the age of 98. And she was unclear about when she spoke about things, but when she prayed... She could hear she was speaking through the Spirit because it was clear. When we apply the Word of God in its fullness to our lives, the rash of your sin will disappear. There will be no more sin in your life. There will be temptation. There will be things that we have to face. But the Great Commission is usually interpreted to mean spreading the message of converting other, other people to Christianity and I'm thinking, no, it's you living a changed life and people seeing the goodness of Christ in your life and God lives and then asking questions. And so the Gospel of Matthew does not specifically um, use such a term of the Great Commission except when it comes to the, to the value of sharing and communicating what Jesus has done for us. Because the gospel is shared not by sharing the great commission in inverted commas, no. It is sharing Jesus with the lost. Telling them that he died. 
telling them that he was raised from the dead and that he still lives today. Do you know in a lot of religions, it's blasphemy that what we're teaching right now? It's amazing, I love it. I don't know why I said that. So the first point is there's a calling. Number two, there's an invitation to build on, sorry, there's an invitation and it's built on the invitation of Jesus Christ inviting us to be part of this great commission. And so when he says, come follow me, he is inviting us. Some of you here were invited tonight. Who was invited here for the first time? You've never been here before, ever. Raise your hand. Thank you. You're invited. You came. Let's give them a round of applause. Come on. Because the God of the heavens and the earth invites us to have part of what, he has pla- what his plans is for us to receive. In him, the destiny and calling he lies. But then he calls us to fulfill his calling and destiny first. There's not a calling on God. He's giving us the calling, but there's a plan that you and I need to align ourselves with first. It's not the plan for Marinus first. It is the plan that God has for the world. And then I can have part in it. Amen? Great. Are you awake? Am I screaming at you? That's brilliant. Can I? I'm going to take this off. I'm sweating. Okay, good. It's going well. It's going well. Okay. So our calling is what? Oh, the Great Commission. You'll see when we transition in this, it's going to be beautiful. So in, in Luke and in Mark and in John um, and in Acts, you see God shaping us through the Holy Spirit moments where he calls us and the gospel of Mark says, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Uh, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And Luke says that this is uh, what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses. So gee, the Holy Spirit is unctioning us into a moment of John 20 where 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 Jesus comes along and he says, peace be with you. And he says, the spirit of truth will guide you. So from the Father to Jesus to the Holy Spirit, you and I have been set up. We have received everything needed to run with the Great Commission. There's no excuse anymore. We cannot stand back and say, I did not know. And so we want people to know, and not that we have to show them all, but ultimately at the end of the day, with Jesus, God says, I'm coming back if every ear has heard and every eye has seen. Then we will see him again for the second time. Amen? And so then this brings us to our verse for the evening. And you can, you can turn with me. Um, it's Matthew 28. And this is our verse, man. This is, this is our family scripture. We live this. We breathe this. You've heard this a lot of times. And I'm happy about that. But, uh, but let's read it again. So 28 verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And so sometimes we are there. We worship him, but we, we doubt. Amen? And then he says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus. Go therefore, because the authority has been given to him, we can go. He says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Work words, I don't know what it is in verbs. Work words, okay. 
That is crazy. Can I have some water, please? Anyone? Um, and so there's, there's like work, work words right here. It says go. It says make. It says baptize. It says teach. And then there's something that God does right at the end there. He says behold. Do you know what behold means? He says hold, hold your breath. There's something big coming. There is something that God is establishing. He says I am with you always. So if you're going through a tough time right now and you've got great decisions to make or you have no decisions to make, you're like, Lord, I have nothing. You know what God is saying? He says, behold. Thank you so much. Riet. I am with you always to the end of the age. It's for us. It's for 11 nations in one country. It's for Africa. It's for the Ukraine. Oh, it's for Russia. It's for the Americans. Even Australia. We don't like them in the sport. I, I need to deal with that in my heart every time. We play rugby or cricket. Are these things coming into my head? Okay, let's not go there. So the Great Commission spells out the central purpose of all believers. The fulfillment of the Great Commission happens. Believers do not have to strive to fulfill the Great Commission. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us. Amen? And so I want to invite Anya to the front. And there's this whole video. You watched the video? Great video, eh? I would like to ask um, that if you serve at the evening service, you've got a nice t-shirt on like this, stand quickly. Everyone with a nice t-shirt, you're serving, yeah? Let's give them a round of applause. What a great service. Come on, man. You can sit down. And Anya, we're going to go drum roll. I've got a surprise for you. Drum roll, quickly. Oh, wow. Okay, great. This is a turntable for pottery clay. Woo! We're going to teach you tonight how to work with it. So Anya knows a bit about it. I organized this turning table. It actually works. It goes on, round and round and round. You spin me right around, baby, right around. Okay, so ultimately, oh, my head's all over the place. I'm sorry, it's beautiful. But uh, thank you, Anya. And so lucky. So Anya, I'm going to interview Anya. Uh, where, is the, where is the mic? Yeah, thank you so much. So I'm going to interview Anya just because she knows how to work pottery clay. I don't know. Um, but I want to read this scripture as we're busy. I want to end off with this right here. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. I think sometimes you and I think that we can sort of play the hand of the potter in our own lives. Sometimes I think we forget God is referring to the potter as himself and to us as the clay. Amen? Hold on to that thought. We're going to get to it right now. Okay. So, Anya, I'm going to interview you right now. Are you ready? Sure. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. And so, what type of clay do you have there? 
pottery clay. Pottery clay. It's soft. You can, you can squish it. So, so when it's hard and lumpy, what do you do with it? Um, so you have to break in the clay. So you make it moist and then you can Love in the know, breaking. put it down. And then you can break it, but you have to like break in the clay. It's almost like dough. You have to break in like bread dough. So you as have well. to massage through it. Yeah. Over and over until. Over and over until you have your desired consistency of the clay to make it ready for um, shaping. So, sometimes God <laughs> massages us until He has the correct consistency. consistency. <laughs> And she's reworking it with a bit of water. And so we sometimes go, Lord, why am I? Wait. <laughs> no, that's not how you're going. Sometimes you ask the Lord, Lord, what's happening here? I'm drowning. I'm going through these things. I don't understand it. And the potter going, keep quiet, Clay. I'm busy with you. Okay, and so, Anya, so what are you doing right now? Speak to the crowd, say to tell them. So um, you... As you, okay, wait, let me start over. So as you get your desired consistency, then you can just start to shape the shape you want. Um, so shape it, shape, 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 shape it like a Polaroid picture. Okay. Okay, thank you, Marinus. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you can basically just press it like this. Um, you go like this. I don't know how to explain Yeah, you that. pinch it. Yeah, you it's pinch it. It's called pinching. The technique is pinching just to get a type of mold before you put it on here to make it round and stuff, but you just press and pinch it to get your, the shape you want. You can make it square and go like this, but if you want round, then you yeah, work that's like square, this. Is it? No, I'm busy. Okay. You're busy. <laughs> so you can just so pinch it. Is yeah. there any time that you go, oh no, that's not what I wanted, and you like go start over. Yeah, you can. You just break everything apart and start over if it's not. What Sometimes, you want. when God sees that it's not going in the way that He has in mind for you, He starts over. Who started over before ever in your life? We started over. That's how it works. So sometimes it doesn't mean God left you. It means He starts over with you. Who here needs a new start? We're going to get to that now. Okay. Okay. All right. And so my last <laughs> question is, what happens when you've got like the ultimate, you formed it, that's what you want, what do you do with the clay then? So you bake it. You put it in the oven at a very high temperature. So after all the squishing, the yeah. massaging, the working out, the throwing away, the, the taking back the new form, when you're happy with the form, it goes into the oven. Yes. Okay, good. And then what happens? Why do we put it in the oven? Um, if you, first of all, if you don't put it in the oven, it's going to break, obviously, because it's soft clay. Mm, put it up there. There we go. Okay. Um, because, <laughs> because it's soft clay. So you put it in the, in the oven to, um, to harden, to harden it. Oh. That's the word I'm looking for. Good. Um, so that you can use it as whatever you're making it, so that it's usable. And so what happens after the hardening? It's been a tough, hardening, warm moment, but then afterwards, what do you do with it then? So then you paint it. Um, you can, is that what you want? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you paint it how you want to. You can paint different types of pictures on it. So if you go to Clay Cafe, you can already paint the Would you say mold they're already shaped. Somewhat. Do you think God was creative when he formed us? Yes, definitely. I think he was. And so, oh, you can go, oh, okay. <laughs> And so God comes 
God comes and He works us. Then He reworks us. Then sometimes when we don't, do not align, He reworks us again. And then there's a fiery moment where He puts us, I don't know if you know, but there's a verse called that God with a cauldron of, of gold and he, he, he warms us up till boiling point. So God puts this in that warm uh, oven so that when we bake, we can be sturdy. We can be, we can be standing firm in the word of God. And then later the creativity comes. But you and I have this thing where we go, oh, I'm sorted. I look good. This is me right here. Oh, all of this is beautiful. And then God goes, no, it's not. I'm not finished with you. Our arrogance sometimes stands in the way of God moving through us the way that he wants to. Why? Because it's not our calling firstly. It's what he called us for, that we align. And then it's our calling, yes. But it's never about us. It's for us. It's about him. And so when God places us in those moments, he wants us to transform by the renewal of our minds, by the word of God coming alive to us when he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, that you can trust him. You can put your life fully in God's hands. And then you can go. And so there's two things here that's happening in this great commission. We're almost tag team with Yaku right now. But let's just give Yana a round of applause. Come on. Ach, Anya. My goodness. Oh, my word. Sorry, Anya. Is there a Yana here? Quickly, is there a Yana here? Oh, yeah, for your work, word. Okay, great. But there's two things happening in this Great Commission moment. There is a moment where God invites us. He says, He's calling us into it. But then there's a second level of response where God gives a command. So, firstly, He invites us into His family. And then he commands us to do something. We are very good in being invited. But I think what God is doing tonight, he's calling us to be responsive, but also obedient to what he's calling us to. He gives us a command. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And if you were wondering what your calling is on earth, oh, I want you to start there. Before you have other ideas, before you're wondering what you should study or where you should work or what you should do with your life, I'm sure we can sit by the potter's feet and go, Lord, what do you have planned for my life? I want to align myself with you completely. I'm going to call Yaku up just to tag team with me uh, right now, but, but I want to say that that even though we are merging, um, God has given us leadership um, through the morning service and through the evening service with, with really uh, amazing looking um, leaders. Um, I can just say, mute. Mute, I'm finished. Um, but I do want to say something about Yaquad. There is something in this man that I've learned in a very short period of time, the eight years that we've been coming together, uh, and the, the, the past one year that we're really working together, that there is nothing that Yaku will not do to get out of the way in your life so that you will understand the calling of what God has for you. 
And I want to tell you now, you can trust him. And hopefully, by association, you will trust me and learn to trust me as well. But there's something not only in Yaku's life about the calling. Do you know that's not Yaku's calling? The thing that he's calling us to tonight is God's calling. Yaku just decided to align back in 2010. And let's hear what he has to say. Thank you, Yaku. Awesome. Thank you, Marinus. <clears throat> just want to say, is there a Renee in the house? <laughs> okay. Um, so, I think something that's incredible is, like Marina said now, um, yeah, obviously we need to be able to trust people, and especially in church, we need to be able to trust leaders, but beyond our own frailties, we need to be able to trust the Word of God. We need to be able to put our confidence in the Word of God. And when we think about this clay, I was actually hoping that Anya will stay here because now I have to make my hands dirty. Um, but this, this call of God, this great commission to go and make disciples. Friends, I hope that you and I understand that um, some of you have um, really, like when you were growing up as a child, you had really, 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 really expensive crockery. Crockery is a very fancy word for messen, and boredom stuff. Okay, some of you had really expensive crockery, right? You weren't even allowed to touch it, okay? Um, and then when you carried it, it was like, shaking, all right? That's the gospel. You see, the gospel is a treasure that when someone finds it, they sell everything so that they can take hold of the field and have the treasure. So the gospel is this incredible treasure that God chooses by some weird decision to entrust into frail hands. Whom if you've never sinned? Whom if you've never made a mistake? You've never said something to God and then you didn't follow through? We're all guilty, but still God chooses to entrust this great commission to us. Um, when you look at that story in Matthew 28, Jesus says to his disciples, therefore go and make disciples. There's no other message to save the world. It's the gospel. And he gives this only message to his disciples who just a couple of days back all deserted him at the cross. Super bunch of people that. But yet Jesus trusts them. Do you know why? Because his confidence is not so much in the person. It's in the message that is shaped inside of the person. It's the gospel inside of every single one of us that's able to change the world. And when you allow the potter to mold you, to shape you, to work in you, you will see the power of the gospel formed in your life. And friends, this is a promise, not mine. It's the word of God. It's the Word of God. There are things that, God, that you desire God to work out of your life. There are things in your circumstances that you desire God to come and do. When you surrender, when you submit to the hand of the potter, He will work the gospel into your life. It's like this little piece of clay, and He's massaging His fingerprint into your life. He's massaging His identity into your life. He's busy working in you. That call in Mark 1.17 where Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Friends, that's the invitation. Jesus is calling you out of your sinful life. He's calling you out of your spiritual death. He's calling you out of your brokenness. He's calling you out of your hopelessness into newness of life. Now, when you understand how desperately you need the gospel, you run into the arms of Jesus when he says, come follow me. But the moment you say yes to following Jesus, you've surrendered your clay into the hand of the potter. 
and you say, Jesus, you shape me. You massage me. You work in my life. You pour water in in the hard areas of my heart, in my stubbornness, my unforgiveness, my bitterness. You work in my life. You're the potter. I'm the clay. But then the one thing that God does do, friends, is he works you into his body. It's not just you. He works you into his body. He adds us together because it's through his body that we get to accomplish the Great Commission, not as individuals. It's collectively together where God shapes us, forms us. And it's in this space where your identity takes shape. Your identity, who you are, is not shaped outside of community. What God has called you for, your purpose, your destiny, is not shaped outside of community, outside of the body. It's in this. Now, you do not see the full picture. The potter does. We don't even see the full picture always. The potter does, and we trust him. We surrender to him. We obey him. We love him. (laughs) We do the very things that are on his heart, and he's busy working in us, his church. And then, as his fingerprint is massaged into us, he sends us to take that fingerprint, that identity, into the nations. And the call tonight is, will you say yes to Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations? Now, I don't know how long you've been in this church. I don't know whether this is maybe your first time here tonight. I don't know whether you've said yes to Jesus before or whether you're still contemplating it. I don't know whether you even love people who don't know Jesus or not. None of that really matters. What matters is, are you willing to take your piece of clay and allow the potter to work you into his grand master plan for all eternity's sake. That God is calling you and me to carry this message of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Matthew 22 says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. Then the end will come. And regardless of where you find your life, regardless of whether you feel equipped or not, regardless of whether you feel saved or not, regardless of whether you feel that you're good enough or not, the gospel has already qualified you to be a carrier of good news to the nations. So tonight, we have a response moment, and we want to call you as a church. Yes, we're coming together. Enops, Heifeld, one thing, but the mission has never changed. The mission has never changed. And from this lump of clay that God calls every nation Heifeld, and sometimes we do look a little bit like this, we'll allow Anya to come and pinch and make something grander. But from this lump of clay, by some miracle, God still chooses to send people. In a couple of months, we'll be praying for Kylan and Sinead as they go to Kyrgyzstan. This morning, we released a couple that's going to Belgium. And from this lump of clay, we get to send people into the nations. But the consistency is the same. The mission is the same. We exist to honor God. We exist to honor God. And tonight, we want to call you. Maybe you've already said yes, but we want to call you again to say yes, to say, Lord, I want to live for the honor of your name. I want to be part of your body. I want to be part of reaching those who do not know Christ. I want to be part of making disciples. I want to be part of making this body work. When this lump of clay is not there, there's a gap, there's a hole. And you choose to allow allow God to work you into your perfect place in this body. We serve, we give, we go. Because we're called by God. 
So a practical response that we'll do. What am I supposed to do with my hands now? There's a map there. If you turn around, there's a map that says, therefore go and. Therefore go and do what? Make disciples. But you're going to place your fingerprint on that map. And by the end of tonight, that map must be full. So you can place your fingerprint on many places. But there's a team there at the back and they're going to help you do it right. Okay? They'll show you and afterwards they'll also clean your hands. Um, but they don't do the baby stuff, Falalim. That's yours. Then there's also a photo booth where you can take a photo and a little Polaroid picture and then you can do that thing that, that um, Marina sang. But this is a great family moment for us. Now maybe you're visiting tonight and you're still checking things out. You are so welcome. You can still put your fingerprint on the map, put it on your bucket, bucket list nations where you want to go, still take a photo. But if God has added you here, if God has placed you within this Every Nation family, friends, the greatest thing you could do is to allow the potter to shape you. And for the last, since 2010, since I became part of Every Nation, God has been shaping my life and He continues to shape. He continues to work the bigger picture into my heart. He continues to increase my heart for those who do not, need, do not know Jesus. He increases my heart to see people grow up. It's a continual work, and the potter will keep on working until Jesus comes back for His name's sake. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to respond, and we're going to fill that map. And the fingerprint is, firstly, God places His fingerprint on you. Now, you need to know that that is quite huge, where God has chosen you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God has placed His fingerprint on you, His identity on you. So no longer allow other stuff to identify, to, to be your identity. No longer allow other stuff to be the thing that, um, that causes you to feel significant or not. There's a fingerprint of God on your life. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made by your Creator. And He gets to be the highest authority voice in your life. But then we are responding saying, God, may we now, what you've shaped and molded in us, may we take that to the ends of the earth and we put our finger on the map as a sign of saying, God, my life is yours. You are the potter. I'm just a lump of clay. Work me, mold me, shape me, send me. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to go. <laughs> All right. But then there's still face painting as well. There's a photo booth where you get to take a photo and take it home, and then there's the fingerprint. But I do want to call you, if this is your church, um, let's be all in. Together we say, this is us. Let's pray. Father, we want to come and just firstly deeply, deeply acknowledge the very fact that you are God. There is no authority greater than you. There is no voice higher than you. There is no one, Lord, that you are accountable to other than yourself. You are God. And we thank you, Lord, that you, a holy God, came to, to work in us, Lord, as sinful people. As your word says, while we were still sinners, while we were not searching for you, you came to us. You sought us out. You're the great Redeemer. You're the great Savior. And, Lord, we want to acknowledge, Lord, that we are merely clay in your hands. And tonight, we want to we surrender our lives in, this, in a way, Lord, of just saying that you have the right 
to work and shape and mold as you see fit because you are the potter and we are the clay. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've entrusted to us this incredible message of the gospel, the only message of hope that can literally change people's lives, that can save marriages, that can see the addict become free, that can see the dead rise up from the grave. The message of the gospel, the power of God, the good news that you've entrusted this to our fragile hands, Lord. But we want to honor you and thank you for the great privilege of being co-workers with Christ. And we give ourselves to you. This is your church, Lord. This is your church. You are the head. We are your body. And we honor you. Amen. Amen.